1: Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Gate 7 International Podcast, your official English source for all things Olympiakos FC and Greek football. You're listening to episode number 100. Woo! we <laughs> made it a long way, people. Thank you to everybody who's been with us along the way. 100 episodes and many more to come. We've got the whole gang here. Costa will be back. He's, he's on holiday, but he's going to pop in for a bit. And say his peace. We've got my other co-host. And his name is John Cena. He's invisible. You can't see this man. It's Audie. He's wore a green shirt today to the office. And uh, and it was a bit of a mistake, but we do what we can. Rookie. Rookie and, mistake. Uh, Sorry, boys. We've got Lambro as well. And and Lambro's got a bit of a change of scenery. He's got the LA Dodgers hat. West I do, Coast. Indeed. West Iuarino, Coast. You know back west on the west coast, coast. Bias. not too yeah. far from me actually you might say Indeed. anyway very close um we've got a bunch of fun stuff in line for today some transfer news we're going to make fun of all the other teams in Greece lambros favorite activity uh we are going to talk about henry onyekuru we've got a deep dive from mr john cena over there and um yeah it's going to be a good one so uh make sure to Tell your friends, get them in on the live before it's too late, before they miss the action. And uh, we'll get right into it here. Adi, tell us about Ahepa. Uh, Yes, of
2: course, guys, as always. Defending Hellenism, if you're into it, if you want to meet up with some other Greeks, do stuff to fundraise for small organizations, fundraise for Greece. Just to do stuff with other Greeks, check out your local Ahepa chapters. They just had the Supreme Convention in Athens at the Grand Britannia. One of the nicest hotels I've ever seen in my life. Great place, fantastic food. Uh, They just finished up. Everybody's coming back home. And the new Ahepa year is commencing. So perfect time for you guys to get involved. Meet some people and do some wonderful philanthropic work.
1: There you go. Got some comments rolling in already from Dimitris Kritikos. I wish a thousand episodes. We also wish a thousand episodes. We really appreciate that. And then another one. Forgive me if I get the name wrong. Valantis Cutrumpanos. Olympia Karakemono. Mono. How did I do, lads? I don't know. But thank you for the messages. Brilliant. I like it. Brilliant. All righty. Additionally, um, We will give a word, as always, from Piraeus International. Piraeus International has been helping Greeks ship to and from the motherland during COVID-19. Shipments to Greece are going out from Baltimore, Maryland every month. Fill any large U-Haul box, send it to our friends in Baltimore, and it will be shipped to the port of Piraeus for only $50. Better yet, fill any large wardrobe box and send it for $100. Give them a call at 410-675-4696 or send an email to sales. At PiraeusINTL.com, we've already got a couple comments coming in from the live, and as we've said in the past, if we get things like Apple podcast reviews or messages that we like, kind messages or really funny roast messages as well from rival fans who are upset, we'll read them out on the podcast. And coincidentally, for the first time in a while, we do have a couple ones that we like. I believe Adi's got them ready to go, so Adi, I'll just let you take it away. I do. I have one right here. This was a lovely message
2: left by uh, Angelo underscore RFC. Uh, again, thank you. I mean, uh, the message was uh, messages like these bring a tear to my eye. They really do. Uh, and he said, I wanted to say thank you from the bottom of my heart for this incredible initiative you boys have taken in creating this podcast. You have assembled a wonderful and talented crew. Your passion and consistency is contagious. Libiacos needed this type of platform. Your coverage is addictive and remarkable altogether. I have been following ever since you brought Peter Filipakos on the show. I randomly typed his name in YouTube because I was curious to know more about him. I was shocked to see how close most of our youth careers up here in North America were very close to hit this path. I haven't missed a show since. You have to promise me one thing, that you will continue this podcast forever. I can't live without Libiakos. You reignited my fire. So thank I you so much, Angelo. We oh, yeah, that's, right. that's such a, a nice intensity. message. When we well, get
1: old, Mihali Bulubasis will come in and take our place. If he's not playing, <laughs> he will be taking their place. That'd be even and, better and if he's Kosta's playing. Children as well will come in. Right we have on. one more, Adi. Uh, we do
2: actually, and this one's in Greek. Um, this one's really long. Uh, do we want to do this
0: one idea. now? Summarize, a, maybe a summary. <laughs> summary quick summary. Yeah,
2: we'll, well we'll just do we'll just do a summary um and uh um, basically uh it was he was giving us uh praise uh one because we're we don't spew a lot of crap that he says a lot of the papers spread uh we we speak we speak our minds, we speak the truth. It he can feel our fanaticism, our love for the club. Uh we're doing something fantastic um we we bleed red and white uh he has friends uh from the field in serbia that he's that he's written to about us as well uh even though this is in greek or sorry because it's in english um and basically he loves what we've done with the page uh a lot of that work the graphic design work gosta has done a ton of that and lambro as well i know has done some so, again, guys, thank you for the comments. We do this because we get wonderful comments uh, like this. This one was just really long. It would have taken me probably forever what, to get through what, the was, whole thing. what was the name of the chap? Oh, Nikos Benesis. Not so, so Nikos, Nikos, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Uh, and then I think there was one more, but I am missing it. Uh, if I find it, we can always read it later. But uh, we've gotten so many lovely messages. And in particular, the deep dive. Guys, my inboxes were overloaded today. I love so much that everybody gets excited about these. I love the discussions people were having. People were downloading matches of Onyakuru just to share with me their insights and what they saw. I love that. I love talking to you guys about that, whether it's in DMs or on the various social media platforms. Keep it up. This is fantastic. This is the community we wanted to
1: build. Absolutely. And uh, why don't we get right into some transfer news as well? We don't want to spend the whole time bigging ourselves up here, but uh, Costa, one more thing
3: yeah man um i mean i'm on holiday guys i really wanted to tune in i didn't actually know that it was a hundredth episode today but i'm extra glad that i tuned in for a couple of minutes and i just wanted to give big ups to to all of you guys um my co-hosts everybody that's listening it's such a fucking pleasure and here's to 100 more why not a thousand we're going to keep this going and uh and yeah i just wanted to say a quick hello i am sweating my balls off it's 38 degrees over here even at night so i'm i'm gonna go back outside there's my there's my daughter that's christina say hello just say hello there, there you go You've got a little smile so yeah no guys uh looking forward to the deep dive i'm gonna listen later uh maybe maybe one quick take from myself my god the transfers we've made so far I don't remember a window that's been this good uh, Escudero very excited um Ari you were saying that Vachlik apparently is getting involved as well and now my daughter's getting rowdy so I'm going to leave you guys I am going to the game on Tuesday I'm going to the game on Tuesday I Bummer. will be going to Athens and I will be putting videos up live so you guys more content on Tuesday live from Karaiskagi
1: Brilliant. Well, Costa, thanks so much for tuning in. Good to see your face. Enjoy the family time and enjoy the game.
3: You too, guys. Peace out.
1: All right. Costa spoiled the transfer news a little bit, but the first thing that we want to get into today is none other than Sergio Escudero. He is a 31-year-old Spanish left back. He's coming from Sevilla. His contract has concluded, so he is available on a free transfer Sevilla have had a couple good left-backs come into their team. They had Sergio Reguillon, which was, I believe, two years ago. He was their starting left-back, came in on a loan from Real Madrid, had a brilliant season, made a big-money move to Tottenham in the Premier League. Sevilla promptly replaced him with Argentinian international and starting left-back for his national team, Marcos Acuna. So Escudero has been the backup Uh, not necessarily as a result of his own talent. Uh, He is a very good player, but he's just been behind some great left backs in Sevilla. So he is looking for a new team. He is officially a free agent. And as we just saw on the screen from Zafiro 5 Escudero has confirmed that he is interested in Olympiacos, so it looks really good. And another thing that Costa alluded to is... He is coming from Sevilla, the same team as Thomas Vatchlik. So the two players know each other. And uh, Kotsis, uh, I believe last night or this morning, reported that uh, Vatchlik is is trying to lure Sergio into Athens. So, guys, uh, I know it's it's a pretty late breaking story from yesterday, but this one seems really promising to me. Adi, what are your thoughts on the player? Uh, I'm a fan of the
2: player. Now, I didn't obviously there wasn't much of him to watch last year because he was on the bench most of the time. But when he was the starter, I remember watching him play. The guy is also a Europa League trophy holder, so nothing to shake a stick at. Now, the you know the one thing that we'll have to see, uh, of course, obviously if we sign him, I'll do a deep dive. But the biggest question will be: Can somebody that's used to a high tempo, uh, high possession system? with very up tempo much higher than what we're used to more time of possession. Can he adjust to a little bit slower system, slower buildup despite being high possession, but less tempo it's we'll see. And we'll have more information on that, especially and another deep
1: dive if he signs. There we go. Very, very promising transfer. I think hopefully yeah. we can get that one in.
0: It's also, it's, it's quite a good transfer for Ola grab trick to learn from a, uh... He's a Spanish international, isn't he, as well? or is he I don't never... believe
1: so, but very experienced player in big European yeah. teams. Played for Shaka yeah, as well. Yeah, and he's
0: played in big European competitions. He's won the Europa League, as Adi said. I think, and he's in the good age profile. Like, he's not too old, like 31, 30 years old. That's good age profile for me. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I'm quite happy with that. We'll, we'll see what what the rumor is and what goes down in the end, but I like it.
2: Yeah, he's not capped with the
1: Spanish national team. Could get the greek passport
0: Ooh.
1: No, we left back like the one position we don't need anyway um yeah. so on to the next thing for the day and people now is the time tell your friends right now tell them they can't miss it you have to tune in right now it is the deep dive it's that time of the podcast we've got Audi, he's got on his invisible shirt um he's ready to dive deep into the waters of of uh of nigeria we can say he's he's looking at henry Onyekuru, nigerian international and uh former galatasaray player on loan from monaco i believe we are getting him for five million euros is the reported fee and uh Adi, i'm just gonna let you go and we're gonna see if he's the winger that we have been looking for all summer
2: yep like i said guys look I loved all the DMs. Everybody's so excited about this transfer and giving me their opinions, what they saw in the tape. I loved a lot of what a lot of you guys had to say. So, and I hope that the little teasers I gave you held you over for this and I hope you're not disappointed. So let's get started. So I'm going to start with some of the things I already teased out. Onyekuru is a little bit smaller in stature than we were. than I guess a lot of people had imagined. He sits at around five foot nine. That's 175 centimeters. So he's about a little, he's a little bit, maybe an inch or two taller than Bruma, uh, all in all. In, all. Uh, in terms of his weight, 70 kilos. He actually weighs the same as Bruma. So Bruma was smaller, weighed the same, but Bruma was more muscular. So Bruma had a little bit more of a, we'll say, an imposing physical stature. Onyakuru, as you guys know, speed merchant, you guys fast. I don't think that's a surprise to anybody. Uh, I did compare his speed, as I mentioned in the teaser, with Bruma. I, I did my best to compare similar situations. I used a stopwatch uh, to compare. Bruma caught, had him on the edge a little bit, maybe by like a second and a half in similar distance from what I, I mean, again, this isn't foolproof. It was more eye test type stuff. Um, but he's he's fast, at, at the very least, about as fast as Bruma is. So we love that. Uh, positional awareness. In Turkey, he frequently found himself in scoring positions. Similarly, in a manner like Hassan, you know, Hassan finds himself always with the ball at his feet in the box in a position where he can score. Does he score? Absolutely not. But he seems to find himself there more often than not. Similarly with Onyakuru. Now, Onyakuru always finds himself on the ball multiple attempts per game, especially considering the limited minutes that he's had. So it leads me to believe that he, because of how many scoring opportunities he's found and the number of touches he has in the penalty area which is significant almost more than 5 a game which is pretty crazy it makes me believe that that's not an accident he knows what he's doing he knows where he's going he's he has an eye for where he needs to be in the box in the final third in order to get the ball to score uh in terms of his his player profile player profile what he likes to do He prefers to make runs behind the outside of the outside defender. Now, what do I mean by that? I had a couple questions about that when I did the teaser earlier. I'll explain now. So, when the defender is out, you know, we'll say it's he's closer to midfield or just outside well outside of his box. Maybe it's in his third, maybe it's in midfield with their back to the goal, Onyakuru Onyakuru likes to sit on the outside shoulder. He likes to sit right behind there because what he likes to do is drift a couple feet back, wait for the defender to kind of take his eye off of him, and in a situation where maybe Onyakuru's teammate has the ball and is ready to play a through ball, what he'll do is he'll sit there, wait for just a second that the defender isn't noticing him, and then Onyakuru just takes off. Usually outside runs. He'll take, go outside the other side of the defender and bring the ball in. Now, when he gets the ball, if he's receiving the ball before the defender, so he hasn't beaten the defender, the pass didn't beat the defender, he'll cut inside and he'll take it inside, uh, usually with a layoff pass. Um, he prefers, what he really wants is for you just to send the ball and use his speed to get past the defender. That's the type of player he is. That's what he wants to do. Um, uh, he's a direct winger, so don't expect high crossing volume out of him in question. about 14, can I, 15. Can I yeah, ask a ahead. real
0: quick question? Defensive positionally, that's one thing like we don't talk about a ton as a winger, but I noticed in some of the big European games. like Did you notice positionally he's decent defensively? Does he track back? Like, what Did you see anything? I'll get,
2: like- I'll get to that. I have a whole defensive portion of him. I, I will get to that. We're going to go through the you. offensive <laughs> stuff. <first. laughs> go, go. So... Uh, but uh, in terms in terms of the offensive part with the ball, he's not. Don't expect him to get heavily involved in build up. Huge difference, and I'm going to cut through a major comparison between him and Bruma. Bruma was heavily involved with build up with us. He was averaging over 40 touches a game, 40 45 touches a game with us, completing 40 to 40 pass 45 passes a game. A lot of volume. He did a lot for us in that respect. Onyakuru doesn't have half of that action. Now, you could make the argument that maybe it's because of how Galatasaray uses him or maybe how Monaco uses him. Um, I don't think that's going to change. And only because even before Bruma got here, when Bruma would play with PSV, he was heavily involved. Pass and move, one twos. I don't see a lot of that with Onyakuru. I don't see a lot. I see a guy that just wants to get the ball and cut in, maybe get a shot. He wants to be set and long. I didn't see a guy that was heavily involved with buildup, but we'll we'll elaborate on that later. Low crossing volume, I mentioned briefly before, this guy's a direct winger. This is what Martins has been looking for. We need at least one winger, besides Vrussi, I guess, that can take a player on and tr- basic, kind of make something from nothing. Uh, statistically, so uh, last season he played about, he played under 1,150 minutes, 14 total appearances, so he didn't see the field very much. But you guys might be pretty happy with some of the production. Five goals, five assists in those 14 matches in 1,147 minutes. That's pretty impressive. Look, it's not amazing, but it's pretty good. Just something to bear in mind, XG, 5.3, so probably right about where he should be. Expected assists, 1.73. Now, that kind of tells us that maybe some of those passes weren't in the best situations, but hey, goals came from them. So maybe we won't see as much of that moving forward. And his expected assists in previous years is similarly low. So maybe he got lucky this year. Maybe some stuff turned up that didn't. Uh, but just something to bear in mind. Either way, it's not bad in terms of the actual execution front. In terms of his shot taking, one thing we all remember, Bruma was horrendous with his shots he scored he he had a couple a fair amount of goals not don't get me wrong but his conversion was shit if you guys in the greek super league less than 30% of bruma's shots were on target and he had a lot of them guys he had a lot like over 60 so what's 30% of 60 if anybody could do some math for me maybe 20 of his 60 18. shots were on frame no there you go Goddamn. thank you peter
0: freaking the human calculator peter <laughs> <laughs>
2: I should have said Peter can't answer well. So Anya Cruz is a lot better. Onya Cruz, forty-five percent with thirty shot, twenty-nine shots last season, forty-five percent on target. We like to see that a little bit better, and his shot is cleaner. So, uh, I mean, forget just the shot; his touch is cleaner. A lot of you guys remember Bruma's first touch when receiving a pass, especially a long pass, was bad. I mean, he would his touch was so heavy. I mean, the guy literally looked like he had a lead foot. Um, uh, and for those i guess and for those that don't understand the expression, uh if your foot is made of lead, it's very heavy, so if it's very heavy, that means if you touch the ball, it goes really far in front of you. So he had a heavy touch. Onya Cruz' way closer, much much lower center of gravity than that in terms of his one on one dribbles, you can see that I mean he always keeps his feet moving, so when he gets pressured on the ball. You'll see, you'll see him kind of get, even if it's one or, or two people challenging him, because he keeps moving his feet, even though they're trying to push him off or stick their leg in for a tackle, he's usually able to keep his foot on the ball because he keeps moving it. So it's something, it's very interesting to see because a lot of players, when they post up, they'll, they'll, they'll keep one leg planted while they use one foot to keep the ball and 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 shield the guy off the ball in front and try to do something from there. Onyakuru keeps his feet moving and he just keeps rolling. We like to see that uh, for one-on-one dribbles. He had 62 one-on-one dribble attempts last season, uh, which is about five one-on-ones per 90. So that's pretty high. Um, he likes to take people on, which is what you want out of a inside winger, a one-on-one player, quick feet as better first touch. Like I mentioned earlier, um, he is always going to use his speed, though, to beat other players. Nine times out of ten, that's what he's doing, and he's pretty—he's pretty effective at it. Almost fifty-seven percent in terms of his total dual w- dribble one-on-one win rate. So that's pretty good. Um, I will say this though: in possession, he when he does get involved in possession, he does have a tendency to hold the ball a little bit too long. He'll get stuck in. He'll get stuck getting closed down by one or two people when he has a couple guys moving. Uh, and a, a quick ball to them spurs the transition, the counter, or the attack in the opposing third. That I'm going to be a little wary of, because at the very least, Bruma would keep the ball moving. His touch might have been shit, but he kept the ball moving, and Bruma with one-twos was really good, probably because of all the time he spent in the Netherlands. Onyakuru, it's it's difficult to tell, because he doesn't get himself in a lot of situations like that, and the situations he does, he holds the ball kind of long. Um. In terms of strength in transition, like I said, his strongest, Onyakuru's strongest time is when he is in stride and you get the ball to him. If you can get the ball to him in transition, boy, is it dangerous. Something almost always happens. And he, in Turkey, he did it quite frequently. Uh, almost three progressive runs per 90. For those that don't remember, a progressive run is when a player that has the ball makes takes meaningful distance forward with it. So basically you have to get the ball forward at least 15, 20 meters to be considered a progressive run. So it has to really go forward. And he loves it. And I mean, he he goes he goes out of there like a the bat out of hell. That's how that's what he's like when he gets the ball and he's moving forward. Love it. Um defensively. This is what lambro has been waiting for. He's pretty good closing closing players down when he has the opportunity. Almost 60% win rate. Love it. Uh, now, most of the time, even though he does track back, he'll do it. He's willing to do the work, which is Martinez's number one thing. That's probably why Martinez likes this guy, because he tracks back, first and foremost. But most of his wins and most of the recoveries, the interceptions that he gets, are in the opposing third when he's pressing. So this is where he's the most successful is pressing the ball and retrieving the ball from that. He will track back, but we don't see the same success when he tracks back as when he's on the press. Uh, there is probably some broader context in there. I just didn't see it. Uh, I just saw that when he was winning the ball, it was usually in the opposing third, not in our He does come back. He becomes the body, but he's not going to be the guy in our end of the field that wins the ball. But he is the guy on the press that will do it, which is good. We need this. We like having somebody that can apply pressure like this, along with guys like Madi, or along with guys like Eladavi, or some of our other wingers like Masuras. Now we can employ a pretty good high press. Something to just something to bear in mind. Now, I've given you guys an idea what a, what kind of player he's like. How what his buildup is like uh, in terms of his passing, pure passing. Again, another thing we had with Bruma, his close control, uh, well, I shouldn't say close control, his close quarter passing, so we'll say five meters, one-two touch was pretty good. But Bruma's long passing and maybe his vision, per se, turned out not to be so good. is the opposite. His close passing, well, close passing, I don't have enough data to tell you because he doesn't do it enough. He doesn't get involved a lot in that close quarter buildup. But what he does get involved a lot in is if he's on in stride with the ball, playing a through ball for his striker that's running, maybe a midfielder that's coming in or another winger. The football IQ is there for that. He had a remarkable number of through balls and smart passes, a lot of shot assists. So I like what I see in in that respect from him. But it's getting to that point that's the problem. So before I wrap things up, Pass accuracy-wise, I know a lot of people were concerned that like his pass accuracy is horrible. He's no worse than Bruma. In fact, uh, his career pa- pass accuracy is 81%. Last year, it was 79%. Guys, Bruma was also 79% with us when he played with us. So Bruma's pass accuracy wasn't much better, especially with the long balls. So no reason to be freaking out if we're comparing him to Bruma. Now, all in all, you have a guy here that's probably not going to do what Bruma did. He's not going to assist too much in build up. He's going to be a guy that we use to open the field up and really take advantage of transition. So is he a Bruma 2.0? A lot of people ask me that. You guys gave me your opinions, whether you thought he was or not. And it's kind of a yes and no. Uh, but here's the context. So Bruma is stronger than he is. They're about the same speed. Onya touch is better than Bruma's in terms of his dribble and close control. Um the on a per minute per possession basis, Onya Crew is better finishing than Bruma. From at least from the from what we've seen in the tape. Bruma was injury prone, guys. Remember how many times he got injured just for us? The injury history for Bruma, you could write it's like a Harry Potter book. It's huge. Onya crew doesn't have that. So as long as he can stay healthy. I feel like he should give us at least the same production that Bruma did, all things considered. Uh, on the press, Bruma was pretty good. Bruma ran all day. so they both they both can they both will do that. So it's something I think we can expect as well. Um, but one of the most important differences is Bruma had a tendency, and a lot of people noticed this, when he was off the ball, running around. Bruma had a tendency to just do all this running, and then nothing. He would have nothing for sh- to show for it. Lambo, Peter, do you guys remember how many episodes you'd be like, "God, I saw Bruma running, but what the hell? How can somebody do so much running and then not do anything?"
1: Yeah.
2: That Bruma had that, but that's because Bruma Bruma's game IQ was probably not as big. He didn't know where he was supposed to be. The best places he wasn't good at anticipating what space would open up or where the ball would be. Question, Onyakuru,
0: as, has, yeah, go ahead. Does he run like Bambi, like Bruma, like on ice? No,
1: he does not. He does, he does
0: not. <laughs> so his dribbling is better than we hope, huh?
1: Yes, his
2: no, it, it it is, and you guys will see that when he has the ball at his feet. It it is. It looks it looks much better. Uh, he's more astute with his positioning, positioning, and better because he finds himself open. Now again, we have to see how that translates because I don't know if he if what we see in the tape is going to translate when every team, except for maybe one parks, the bus is, you know, they all park the bus. So he's got to learn how to deal with that. He might not have as much open space as he was used to in Turkey. We'll have to see that. Uh, So that's going to be the big question mark for me. Is that transition play going to, going to transition to Greece? I don't know guys. I, I'm, I hope so, but this is the risk here. So now comes the part that everybody asked me, would you have made this transfer? Now I know you guys heard a lot more positivity out of me in this deep dive than what I started with. When we first thought we were doing the deep dive, I wasn't super positive. And I was, I am a lot more positive now, but I would not have paid 5 million for this player. So I still wouldn't have paid 5 million. Um, There is a, Question here from uh, Mitsadas, actually, real quick. Or not Mitsadas, sorry, Vasco. Does Onyekuru have the wow factor? Is he going to make the fans go delirious? Um, no. I don't, I, not the wow factor, what I consider a wow factor. Um, he has a nice touch and he's got speed, but I don't think he has anything that's going to make you go like, there's no Giovanni wow factor. There's no Galetti wow, if that's what you're asking. Gambia, uh, not Cambiasso. Sorry. But like Kevin
0: Mirallas. I think Miralas, like, no. I saw him. I saw him do it, this one dribble. Uh, like nope, for no, Galatasaray against nope. Fenerbahce. Did you see happen. that one? Nope. But you see, yeah, the, I know what you're he, talking like, about. But he field? doesn't have
2: that. Okay. Miralas had a skill set. Like technical skill. he would do stepovers. I don't know. His one of his favorite moves was that he would roll the ball over with his right and Cruyff with the back with his left back heel in behind his other foot. Do you remember that? Do you remember those moves where he would roll the ball over and completely change direction? Onyekuru doesn't do that. But you don't necessarily have to have that flair to be good and effective. Onyekuru's is fast and he's got a solid touch. That's all we need. That's all we want from a winger. The big question for me is will this transition to a league where all of the teams except for one parks the bus against us? That's the question. And actually, in a manner of speaking, they all do park the bus against us. So he may or may not, he may or may not have the space. He may or not have that now. But there is one caveat which makes me a little bit more positive, because this year we have a very good striker still. That is a hold-up striker, El Arabi. So, and what does El Arabi do that also freed up space? for guys like Bruba in the past or Vrusai, he draws defenders in and gives them space to run. So it should still work. I I am I am I think he'll have an impact. I just don't know if he's the 5 million euro impact. Remember, this is 1 million less than we would have had to pay to get Joe Campbell, guys. And Joe Campbell was a uh, a more complete player in my opinion than Onyekuru is. So That's what it is. I think Onyekuru can find success, especially because Olympiacos is a second-chance saloon. We're a place where players like Onyekuru can find their form, become something better than they ever were. That's what our club is. And if he takes this seriously, he works his butt off in training, he could become even bigger than he ever thought possible. But can he transition to
1: a league with more park buses? If it can, if he can do that, he will succeed. I mean, Adi, I'm not in. A, put another way, like, um, forget the league. Who cares about the league? We can win the league playing Lazar every day if we want to. Um, maybe he will be the type of player that plays better in European games. Is is maybe a thought that I'm having? Maybe it's possible. There's a question. Uh, well, there's not sort enough of. data because he barely played. Right, but just like strategically speaking like we're not going to have people parking the bus against us. He also well, exactly. has
0: never scored or assisted in Europe in 13 games, I believe. So I yes, guess.
2: that's also correct. So look, we need a player like him that can take advantage of that space in transition. We'll see. We'll see. There those are my question marks. I'm not I don't know what's going to happen. I I tell you guys what I see and I don't I again, if he for me if he can overcome this transition and learn how to play around a parked bus of a team, I think he'll be fine. I think he will do great things for us. Uh there's a question here from Zafirop05. Is he the player that will be outside the box to cross for the striker to head the ball? No, he no, there's no crossing volume from him. 14 games, 1,147 minutes, eight crosses. That's not even across a game. It's like a half across a game. So not, not at all. Uh, that's not, now he will get on his head on it. He's actually pretty good. Um, when, when you're playing crosses in, he's pretty scrappy in the box. I think that was one thing I might've forgotten to mention. So you'll see him probably on the end of crosses, but ne- not really ever making the cross unless Martinez changes him up habitually. Um, but yeah, uh, so that's it guys. That's the, that's the deep dive for Onyekuru. I told you it was long. Uh, mainly because I wasn't shoot too sure about him. But the more I watched the film, the more positive I was about him.
0: Adi, I want you to do, a, so if he's not Bruma 2.0, recent history of Olympiakos players, let's say six to seven years, do you have any names that you think, like, you watch this and you're like, oh, he looks a bit like Vladimir Weiss, anything like that? No? Uh, uh
2: Vladimir uh, with, like any with name, and I'm just throwing
0: random names out there. No, I'm I
2: Vladimir of. Weiss was. I mean, we have to say Vladimir Weiss was a, a nice dribbler of the ball, uh, and he was fast, but he didn't pass the ball ever. The closer, probably the close, <laughs> you're not gonna like this, but the closer comparison in terms of play style is more mm-hmm. like it's more like, um, Seba. Oh, but, come I knew you're going to say that. Body. But what? but <laughs> there's a caveat. So take Seba's best season and a little bit more a little bit more flair with the dri- like a better dribbler of the ball and that's what you have.
1: I still wouldn't spend 5 uh, million. I agree. With no, you I, that, I, wouldn't. But, I I would. But but we'll see. I mean it's it's better than what we have out there right now. So, um
0: it's not our money. Also, I always say this. Like we spent 5 million euros I don't give a shit. It's not my money. Yeah. So, but we'll see. I, I, what I really like is no more loans though. Like, because I feel like, yes, you bring someone in, they know they're going to be here. Henry hasn't been on a team that wants him and that he's been on for like, he's like, oh, the end of this season, maybe, uh, <laughs>
2: I don't want to hold on, don't get up, guys. When I was comparing him to Seba, it's more about stature and movement. He's not that bad.
1: Adi, the headline is already written, just got to give it up at this point. He is
2: better, he is better than Seba. I'm going to tell you guys that he is a better player than Seba. Let's just that's why I said take Seba's best season, his best season, and he still is better than Seba, better dribbler of the ball, a little bit more astute positionally. That's that's what I'm saying. Yes, I, I mean, I still wouldn't have paid $5 million for this player. But this is more of the stature of that. He's a Seba that has better better ball skill. As Seba okay. wasn't a shitty passer, guys. He wasn't a bad passer. He's pretty quick. I got
0: a name for you, Adi. Hernani.
2: Stop. Stop.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, people were so mad when we didn't buy Hernani. I don't know if you remember this. They were like, he was worth it. We had to pay the buyout.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Uh Costa and now uh, he's like the One question for Adis, what about his tactical consistency, pressing and marking? Um, Costa, I don't know if you got the beginning of that, but yeah, he uh pressing and marking, I think he's pretty good. I brought up the times that he's most successful actually winning the ball is when he's pressing. So his pressing is good. Man marking, I didn't see a lot of set pieces that he was involved in, so that's hard for me to say. Um, he's but just to give you a frame of reference from the stuff I did see Bruma's a little bit more physical Bruma's much better dealing with like the pulling and tugging but Bruma was a stronger guy too guys this guy's taller than Bruma but weighs the same as Bruma that should tell you something uh but it's not to say that he's bad uh, it's it's more like he's just skinny he's a skinny guy what, what do you want me to tell you uh tactical consistency i the iq's there with uh with the with his off the ball movement on the offensive end so, um, that's yeah, that's what th- you get there. I think it's there. The IQ seems to be there more so than what I thought before I did the deep dive. At least,
0: yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I think like there must be. Oh, there's a reason why Leipzig bought uh, Bruma. But like when Monaco, when Everton buy a player, you hope, you know, they saw something.
2: Yeah, this is a good point here. Adi's P, few good teams get crosses from their wingers anyway. That's mostly the fullbacks duty. The modern winger still does cross the ball. Actually, look at a lot of top wingers. When you look at the data from a lot of top wingers in top leagues, they're still averaging almost four or five crosses a game. This is true in point because now we have specialized with some, whether it's an inverted winger or even any more direct winger, they tend to do more shooting. This is true. This is true, but this isn't why we, we we didn't care about the crossing volume to begin with when we brought this guy in. Uh, Zafiropo 5, uh, Henry's still young. If he comes here and plays good, we could sell him for a profit. Uh, I don't know how much that profit's going to be with 5 million, guys. I'm going to be honest with you there. Uh, he would have to do a lot for us to make a, a really good profit. Uh, the risk is high. It's very high with this type of trade. Um, I'm not going to get into the Adam Una stuff. Uh, I have heard about this. We have a couple sources of ours that we've been talking to in Napoli that have talked to us about various uh, trades, uh, possible trades, and, and cash uh, coming in for Motti. Uh Guys, I'm just going to tell you some of what we've heard so far. Napoli doesn't have the cash to pay us what we want for Madi. It's not happening we're not getting 15 million. The most they will probably give us is 10 or 12 plus a player. There's been a lot of rumors about Adam Unas from Napoli. Uh he's a, also a young player. I'm not going to go too much into it until this starts to gain traction. I will do a deep dive. Um I I'm he's he's another winger attacking winger attacking midfield type of player. For depth, so from what I've seen, I think he works. He's got some skill. I need to do a deep dive before I can tell you whether I like that trade or not. If it if it becomes a warmer thing, I, I will let you guys know.
0: For the record, was at Crotone last season. Played for Calgieri. I have a lot of friends who are actually Calgary fans from Sardinia. So I can shoot them a message. They've probably seen him play quite a bit. Sure. Um, also an Algerian international. So, But with a French passport. He came out of Bordeaux's academy system, I want to say and yeah so that would be interesting but 12 million for Mari Kamara even if you yep. get a player just like oh come on well that's what It'd i said be say. 12 even- million and then like 25% i want a huge percentage fee if we give them yeah. up to like twelve, you know no, what i mean it's
2: going to have to be it's going to have to be 12 million at least 15% and adam i'm going to be honest like there's no way I, I i don't see i don't see the value like he's not a 10 million. He's flopped. He's flopped since you know he's, I mean?
0: since he's been on like three or four loans since coming to Napoli. Like he's just a flop. They're trying to move him on. Like, yeah. Uh we have a comment from
2: Vasco here. Uh, the only thing that will save him from the strict fans at Gattasky is the frequency of scoring. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's that's true. <laughs> so just uh, like yeah. Bruma, like a he plays like here. shit
1: and then scores a meaningless scores. goal and people are like, oh, Bruma's coming around.
0: Uh, this is a nice comment from Constantinos. We need a second winger. Masuras is the third. Thoughts on that? Taking another winger? Because now we have learned that Chumich is... Okay, I, Atromitos has denied it, but uh, we may be in the market for another winger. I don't know. Maybe at the end of the window, we take another winger. I would like it like... A ten. We talked about this. Who can play on the wing, like Valbuena? But Grenier, I don't think he can play on the wing. But like, no, you know it's... what I mean. You, but like, a player who is a classic ten, but can play on the wing, I would really enjoy that.
1: Well, there's there's a lot of time in the transfer window, guys. I think um, some the names will come up. Names will continue to come up. I don't really like that Kamara plus ten million for Adam Unas, um, personally. As the other guys said, Mani Kamara is worth a lot more than that. And yeah, I like this comment here. Um, if Kamara was in the Premier League, it would cost fifty million for a team to take him. I, I could see a situation where Napoli buy him and he becomes big and some Premier League club comes in with fifty million exactly. euros. So like we, because we absolutely want a percentage of that.
0: He has a work ethic too, like laz great player, but like the work ethic maybe wasn't so to take the next step to the Premier League team. He almost ended up going to Russia. Like you know Kamara is going to go shoot to the moon. He's going to come walk into that team and just fight to exactly. go even higher. So there could be a big percentage. The one thing stopping Mari Camara from being a big money move is he doesn't have a European passport. That's one thing that teams are kind of iffy on. And sometimes players like, I think El Arabi has a French passport. Like some of them sometimes have French passports, but I believe he's one of those who does not have a French passport. So... Um, it some teams will be a bit colder on wanting to spend because they only have those five spots in the Champions League for non-European players.
1: Well, we will uh, provide updates with more information on all of those transfers as they continue. Oniaku for the record is in Greece right now. He hit the airport, had his little photo shoot. I don't think the club has officially announced it, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him in for at least one of the two legs with Ludogorets. Uh, before we do talk about those games, guys, I think we need to make fun of Ike and Odis a little bit, surely, right? Like, uh, is it that time of the podcast? I mean, um, both of them went out in the first round of qualifying in, uh, in UEFA Conference League. Close, but no cigar for those. Adi, you got something to say? Well, Adis, we can
2: say, maybe is like less egregious.
1: Yeah. Because Astana is a technically a higher ranked UEFA coefficient club than Adis is. But they finished third in the Kazakhstan League last year and Addis finished third in wow. the Greek league last year. So. Well well, I I'm not Peter, I'm not
2: disagreeing with you that. That's why I said sort of. Because you know, Astana has They
1: better, have more history in the last 10 years. But this this But it still players, sucks.
2: It's still it's still dumb. Like they bottled the job in the. I don't know what the hell was going on in the first game, and I, I, you know, I, I, I was happy. I watched the the second leg, the entire thing. Just that was that was the game I watched. I had no hope for Ike, to be honest with you guys. And they played well. It just, you know, unfortunately, it ended up not working. This would have I mean, been the game yeah. for that Mazios I would have accepted. Like, oh, nothing went right for us. Not the first game. The first game, you got what you deserved. You guys did not play well. So that's, uh, it just sucks because they're choking again. I, after building JVS's wet dream of a defense, also
1: out the door, like ridiculous. Frañez for the seventh time is not going to save you. Absolutely. dude. Idiot.
0: Sergio Araujo is such a, f- I'm not going to do it. He's a <laughs> coat. He is such a <laughs> He's goddamn He's not going to save
1: you either. He Are you kidding so me? Shit. The team,
0: <laughs> He's like, fat i think, and overweight and was can't it run. I,
1: Costa or one of you guys sent in our chat. Gate Seven International on Instagram has more followers than the team that I glossed Bosnia,
0: to. yeah, it's bad.
1: <laughs> what the hell, man? Like this team has absolutely nothing. Also, um, I, can finish, I comment? Did they finish third in Bosnia? Is that correct? Like, yeah, oh, that's it's uh, absolutely <laughs> pathetic. For yeah, Mike. I, really I just,
0: pathetic. I. I, the funny thing is, like, I went to the Servette game that night, Servette FC. Let's go beat Molda 2-0, but got a lucky red card. It wasn't enough. <laughs> All 4,000 of us in the stadium. I may become a Servette season ticket holder. So um, that's you heard it here first. But anyway, so. I, I get back and I see the games are an extra time and I get home and I get the Ike game on and I watch Araujo miss the penalty <laughs> to send them out. And I was like, oh shit, that sucks. And then I throw in the Addis game and I see like the header to kick them out. And I was like, Oh, well, that sucks as well. But Addis have known since December that they need a goddamn striker, and they've not brought in a striker. They're like, maybe we'll do it with Mitroglu. But then when it really counts, they didn't play Mitroglu. So it's like you idiots! You knew you were going to play European football from January, and you did not buy a striker. Like why? Now you've who did they buy? They bought they bought a few nice players like iturbe who I think is nothing. But like why did you not just buy a goddamn Barales and be like Barrales, You want to play European football? Leave Tripoli, and he would say, "Hell yeah, I want to play European football." like is that so difficult to do you spend like 250 grand probably on a 33 year old striker who knows how to score goals like i don't know peter like i they're just like ran kind of good but kind of shit at the same time it's like really a hard one like they do well, something really well
1: deals, it was literally just like i swear they just did it for like the jersey sales and stuff like Franyas is back Araujo is back, and it's yeah, like Ike
0: has run like shit. Have
1: we thought about the actual tactical implications? That like Vranjas, I guess, but like Araujo makes no sense, and they still they're just they're just poor, and it's really sad that this signing. is genuinely a top four team in Greece. This question: Would you guys prefer Iturbe over Onyekuru? Absolutely no. not. No, washed. What's in Iturbe? <laughs>
0: <laughs> but let me just say this real quick, like. Panayotis Kone is getting so desperate. He may sign himself. Like, I'm just throwing it out there. He may indeed (laughs) sign himself. Just be like, it's like, God damn it. We need help in the midfield. Like, and I've run out of names from 2017, 2018. (laughs) I'm signing myself. Of course, he was on that team. He was on that team. The thing that annoys
2: me, the thing that annoys me the most, like, Adis I was worried about, because I told you guys, I was worried about the moves they were making in the offseason. I did not see a better Adis this year than what, we saw last year. I did not see improvement. But Ike at least, like, it's one of those things where, like, Ike had, like, some of the right ideas. Like, they knew the defense was shit, and they had to fix it. So, like, they made some moves, but the question is, did they make the right ones? So, it's like, you guys were on the right track. You just kind of went, you zigged more than you zagged with those. Oh, well. It's it's all over for them, and it's up to us and Bock to save
1: the coefficient. Well, Adi's, I like as Lambro mentioned, they have absolutely fumbled the bag, as as I might say. Like they were in such a good position, looking really strong. They have the fans behind them, the players that they had played hard. They just needed to fill a couple holes, most notably at striker.
0: Peter, can I go real quick? What just chose not to? Can I? Olympiakos FC. Did you watch those goddamn stadiums? They were basically full. I don't want this bullshit, like, 8,000 people in Kadiskaki on Tuesday night. Like, I want that shit full. Like, did you see Adis's Ultras were literally filled the section? Like, goddammit, can we do this as well? Like, what is this bullshit yeah. about, like, 8,000 the people? Cases. The cases. The cases not. are going up. Okay, Delta variant, we're all scared. They're but doing like, the thing. If the government says it's allowed... God damn it! Allow it, everyone, and just roll with it because it, it's so beautiful. Like, and I really enjoyed watching the Adis game because they had so many fans there as well. But anyway, continue, Peter.
1: Well, yeah, and I was just gonna say, like, I I don't expect much. I laughed when they signed out Araujo and Vrania's and I said, "This is funny. This is this is this is not a football move. This is a publicity move." I actually thought Saveras is actually a player that would help Ike. We we have to say, as much as we give him crap, um, that's how how poor Ike are at the back. But um, just a really nothing performance against uh, a tiny team from Bosnia that, to my knowledge, I would guess a lot of those players don't have much experience, if any at all, playing in Europe, Uh, although I could be wrong about that. Um, You would expect Ike to be able to score a few goals maybe, Maybe a couple goals, but alas, not really. Two goals over two legs, uh, if I'm not mistaken. So it's incredibly disappointing. Uh, We had said when the Conference League was being introduced that this might be a a place for a team like Ike to thrive and make a run. Um, Ike have consistently been playing in Europe for the last few years, but what have they done? They were in the Champions League. They got, what, no points, any points? They were shit. Europa League last year maybe three points, but they were shit. They've just fallen down. They're falling. They're tumbling down the hill of Europe. If if, uh, UEFA makes another European competition, a fourth tier of of European cups, maybe Ike will play in that and lose in the first round next year, but more likely um, they've just, they've got nowhere to go Uh, nowhere to go, but I don't want to say nowhere to go, but uh, nowhere to go, but stay the same place because they're probably, it's just not looking good for them guys. That's, that's what I say with, with Ike. Um, not the right mentality. Their new manager potentially going to get fired after like two games, which is classic Greek football and, and would be hilarious. But uh, at the end of the day, this this fucks us over for the coefficient. It puts all of the responsibility in the hands of Odin Piakosa and I guess Pauk as well. Yeah, and that's the thing. And I mean, I guess while we're on it, the coefficient, the outlook
2: for the coefficient is bleak, but there was a silver lining. Technically, Ike did win that game in extra time. So we did get the extra coefficient points. Same thing with Adis, right, guys? They technically won in regular time. So we got the coefficient points. So Libyakos has gotten 0.5 for the coefficient. And then Adis and I collectively over the course of four games gave us another 0.5. So the silver lining here is that so far we've kind of caught up the turkey. We're literally a, a game and a half behind them in terms of the coefficient points. So if Olympiacos and Balk both win their next qualification games and the Turkish teams lose, Greece will catapult over Turkey in the UEFA rankings. Uh, because remember, guys, Galatasaray lost their Champions League qualifiers. So they're all down in uh, European Europa Conference League. League or First Europe. Uh, one is in Europa League, maybe. I forgot where they ended last year. Yeah. But I think they have one in, or they have all their teams now in European Conference League. Or no, one in Europa League, the rest in European Conference League. Because remember now, guys, 15th, uh, the 15th league place no longer gives you guaranteed entry into Champions League. But it does give you that extra team, that fifth team in Europa League. Three in Conference League, one in Europa League, one in third round qualification for Champions League. So we're trying to get up there so that we can get to that easier Champions League qualification spot. Um, it, and it's just absurd. I mean, Cyprus is starting to fall a little bit again. So they're back down to 16. But Serbia, guys, Red Star Belgrade has literally carried the Serbian coefficient up to 12. They are going to get an automatic seed in the Champions League at the rate that they're going. Think about it. A Serbian team, Teams that have smaller budgets than we do are going to have an immediate UCL group stage lock if they keep going the way they're going. It's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, Greek football should be ashamed of itself. Uh, There's a lot that needs to be done from the ground up, not just with the teams in question, but with Greek football, because this will never change. And it could get worse, guys. We thought we were at the bottom. Oh, no.
1: It could get worse. But Adi, it's all Olympiakos' fault, right? Yep, that's the, Dude, that's the thing. Dude,
0: mad, mad. I swear, like, they're just so shit. It's unreal. It's just...
1: Like, yeah. for the millionth time, like, those teams winning games in Europe, like, helps us.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but also, just real quick, how insane is Turkey's drop-off on, like, the coefficient? It's, it's bad. mad. They got destroyed by PSV. Like, down a man, PSV was outplaying them in turkey like turkish football is in disaster as well like i don't know we don't need to go into that but i i was like reading a few articles about it and they keep doing the same thing like galatasaray brought in van anholt for like 2.5 million euros a season like is that really gonna solve your problem of like conceding five goals on the road i have a gut feeling that they may not even make europe like a decent amount of those yeah. those turkish teams so. I
2: mean, they already have – remember, so last season, they only got three points for the coefficient. That's how bad it was. Yeah. The season before was five, which was relatively low for them. But they, after this year, all their seasons of, like, Galatasaray getting to group stage and maybe round of 16, I think was 2017, 2018, they're, they lose all that. They're going to drop even further. So – it it's interesting the downturn and then but in the meantime for us you have like the Czech Republic and Switzerland and Serbia that are now moving up the ladder and they're they're like just a place or two below the Austrian league the Ukrainian league in terms of in terms of their european competitiveness it's sad guys these those countries don't have better teams than us like when we play a team from Czech Republic or when we play a team from Switzerland, we expect to beat them. I don't care if it's Basel or Switzerland. <laughs> the disrespect. I mean, think How about it. Think think about it, guys. Uh, if alibiacos plays Basel, young boys. Servet.
0: Hey,
2: hey, hey. I'm just trying to put this into perspective for everybody because that's how far Greece has fallen. Uh, Now, there was a question about whether we're going to lose a Champions League football. No. never. You never do, right? You start from the first qualifying round. We would end up starting from the first round qualification. That would be...
1: The worst, the worst it would be is if like Gibraltar league goes ahead of us. They have like an extra qualifying round. They it's, do. It's like rather confusing. Yeah. It's like Gibraltar and like Kosovo play each other basically. So like if Olimp- if if like if I could just start accumulating negative points then maybe that happens, but but yeah, basically um, every team at least gets some sort of chance. Yeah. Great um, football
0: really needs to go through a uh, change. Like the Swiss football model is like quite good for a smaller country, just like 10, 10 teams. They play each other yeah. four times, I think. And 36 games. It's yeah. good. The uh, football is quite good an, here too.
2: There's an interesting comment here. It's, it is, and is not correct. We have bigger impact than red star, but the other Serbian teams go to groups of Europe. It's not only one team. That's not completely true. Last year, Red Star was the only Serbian team in Europe. They were the only ones that made it out of qualification. Partizan didn't make it. Didn't they make the Europa team, League?
1: Red Star did. Pretty sure Partizan like, played Man United in Europa League, didn't they?
2: Did they? I don't, I don't remember. think so. I think it was Red Star was the only Serbian team that made it to the group stage.
1: But they, yeah, they no, won or got a result. Oh, in- no. Wrong year. Wrong year. Okay, yeah, yeah, I I was about
2: to say I would have had like a picture of Svetsovar
0: Markovic playing in Europa League next to my bed, just looking at it like,
2: yeah, last year, literally, I mean, the in in general in previous years, yes, this is true because the Serbian coefficient now they're like above six every year because Partizan and Red Star usually at least get through the group stage and get some results. Red Star last year didn't have a lot of help, but they won like almost every qualification match, both legs, and they won. More than half of their group stage. Plus, they made it to uh, round of I – th- I don't think they made it past the round of 32. I don't remember. But anyway, but anyway they yeah. they did all of that. And they still had a decent – they still got Red Star – or sorry. They still got Serbia a decent coefficient. So it is and isn't true. But the, they ended up doing well despite that. and But, yeah, they have more help than we do at least. And it's sad. It really mm. is. Um this is a this is a good point too by Andrew. Coefficient could change quickly. Scotland up like 13 places in two, three years. Yeah, that's true. But you have to have that stained, you have to have the sustained success. And I know most of it was Rangers, but it's not like Celtic rolls over. Yeah, you know what I mean? Celtic There's
0: was a, the, the the more bigger team in Europe, though. Like they had beaten the Barcelona yeah. and like whatever. Yep. yep. But uh Real quick, should we move on to preview previewing Ludogrets real quick? Because this is our yeah. last episode. So we can go on about football problems in Greek football. Like, honestly, Servette FC, season ticket holder, Swiss football. Yeah. I'm seeing it up close <laughs> and personal. It's good. It, and honestly, Servette, I, I joked with these guys. I was at the game and I was right down on the line. Gail Clichy is still a gun, guys. If we don't get Escudero... 36-year-old Gale <laughs> Cliché may be available from Servette. It will be a tough pull, but he's a good player. Anyway, uh, so Ludogretz, we're going in. I, we haven't really looked at anything about them. I don't know if any of you I haven't. All I know I is have. they have Kirol Despadov, one of my favorite players from Football Manager. We won the Champions League go. together, and I unfortunately sold him to China after that year for 30 million euros. Kirill you live on in my heart, but we gotta kick you out of the
2: championship. Didn't Champions they just loop. get him? Wasn't he they a did, summer indeed. signing? Yeah. he was yeah. in Serial last year, I believe. One, 1. 1.5 million or something yeah. like that. That was a, yeah. their biggest move, big money move. Yeah. yeah, and they brought in a couple, they brought in a, a center back from Spain from Alaves. Don't remember his name. Um, I just remember they brought they brought somebody in. Then they brought another one. They brought in a couple center backs. They've like com- the defense is uh has been bolstered. They didn't look bad. They didn't look bad last game. I still I still would say in terms of the quality, I still think if everybody's healthy and available to play, we have more quality than they do. And the expectation is that we win. Does that mean it's going to be easy? No, of course not. It's not going to be because we still have some issues we're dealing with in the squad, and we don't know if that's going to get cleared up. Um so far, uh, their last European games against uh, Muda, they were playing a 4-3-3 um, so i i think we can expect to see that the the midfield the midfield was uh vanderson vanderson baji and oh i don't remember the uh, santana alex santana so the midfield is decent their midfield isn't bad this is um, a really
0: good comment as well costa was just talking about it i don't know if you yeah. guys caught him earlier in the- it is so hot in Greece. It's like 46 degrees Celsius some heat days. Like it's a yeah. massive heat wave. And Big heat wave. As Mitsaras brings up, it's going to be really hot Tuesday night, even with Greek standards. This is a topic to discuss. This team's coming from Bulgaria, which is not super hot, I want to say. like It can get warm in the summer. It can, but, but it's elevation. But it is going to be killer. I There's going to definitely have to be like some water breaks or whatever, so the team may be a bit...
2: Oh, it will. I, if it gets and if it gets above 30 Celsius, you have to it have will. a water break. Yeah. So.
0: And the thing is, like, those – a sub package of, like, Vrussa. I remember I always think back to the PSV game when he threw on yep. the late subs. You remember that? Like a three-sub, 75-minute. Pedro Martins loves that. So if the guys can make it to, like, 75-minute, Pedro Martins may put, like, the, the foot down and go for the jugular and, like, see if they're tired. That's yeah. something that can come up. So thank you for bringing that up. And Sadass, yeah, if people didn't realize it's super hot in Greece this week in all of Europe.
1: Yeah. A yeah. couple and other I other know- notes about Ludogorz. Um, The Bulgarian League has actually started already. Yep. Uh, they played yeah. two matches and won both pretty resoundingly, which you probably shouldn't be surprised about given that they are the Bulgarian champions. But they did uh, pick up a 3-0 victory over Cheska Sofia um and then which also... is interesting
0: there's two of them now i don't know if there's been like a fan switch off but there's a cheska sofia that we know that's quite good and they played the bad version i don't know the history the 1948,
1: up, but I... just 1948, 1948, yeah so yeah, like... they, they played two games and then they also played locomotive Plovdiv and won three one so they've got a couple more games under their belt for better or worse uh maybe that helps get the new signings get some get some uh running under their feet Additionally, fun fact about Ludogorets: they have a center back whose name is Hoswe Sa. So hopefully that's not like a <laughs> bit <Wow>. too soon. <laughs> <Sa>. <laughs> too uh, soon.
0: Too soon. God damn it. But also, anyway. they have the Cypriot kid we were linked to a long time so ago. Did so did you? He scored so you? in the did first you? leg, didn't he? I, I remember when we were linked to him. Second second like, this guy's a gun. I want him so bad. And he's like played in Kazakhstan for Astana, I think, as well, right? And
1: done like... Not he did much play one experience. game for Astana, but he scored. It, to, to be fair to him, he scored in their last game. So, okay. so maybe he's going to have a, a revival. I don't see him on the team
0: sheet for the game they played in the weekend, so I don't know if he picked up a knock or something. But anyway, we're just going to have to see, guys. We couldn't find – we'll keep hunting for someone who could talk about Bulgarian football maybe for us, maybe do a quick yep. YouTube short. But it's quite difficult, like especially it was quite difficult to find um, – Patrick um to to talk about Nefchi but we'll, we'll hunt for maybe a Bulgarian journalist Big maybe they talk about him the
2: yeah, the important Patrick, thing yeah. the important thing that you guys the limited the limited film I did watch uh the important thing is if we have some of those mistakes that we made in the first leg against uh Nefchi right leaving some guys open letting some really nasty counters happen we were lucky Nefci didn't have a lot of players of quality. They had like one or two that were decent, and then the rest were, let's be honest, they weren't that good. Ludogorets has, they're, this This is a team that, although our caliber is higher, they're not a joke. If we give them that those opportunities, they are going to finish one, okay? So this is something we have to be a little bit more mindful of because this is a team, okay, it's the Bulgarian League, you know, for whatever that's worth. but The Bulgarian League is similar to the Israeli League in coefficient and we've bitten it against Israeli teams in the past. So remember that not a joke. These guys have a pretty solid midfield. They work the ball decently in their league. They dominated against Mura, whatever that says, but we're going to have to take it up a notch and we're going to have to take this seriously. We have to take it like we played in the second leg, not in the first leg If we played the first leg. Don't be surprised if we go down one, nothing going into the second match. What can you use? Semedo. I want that second. <laughs> I want second leg tomato. Exactly. I want that. Can we exactly. have that all goddamn season? Where the three fuck four was three?
0: That? <laughs> yeah, that was really good. We yes, I have talked it's, about this.
2: Have you I ever seen too... him motion and yell at people so much? He was yeah. like, you just saw him moving his hands, talking. It's because they gave him the captain's
0: armband, people. maybe as well. Like Pedro was like, "You're the captain, baby. Like go for it." I don't know.
1: Pedro definitely but,
0: said something to him. Yeah, Pedro, I think, had a talk with him. But 3-4-3, what are we thinking? 3-4-3, Henry To be honest with you, Labrador, I
1: have no idea who's playing. Absolutely no idea. I have no idea. I haven't heard anything as well. We should be seeing a squad list soon, though, no? The game's on Tuesday? Yes. yes, We should be. Oh, yeah, tomorrow. And here's the thing. If some
2: of the issues within the team, injuries, COVID, whatever it might be, if it hasn't cleared up, we have to go 3-4-3, right? Because right now... I don't give a shit. We have to go 3 backs. 4
0: 3. No matter what, yeah. I don't want to see 4 3 3 bullshit. And I yeah. I want to see, I really want to see Markovic, Boss, and Medo again, like Socrates. Yeah. It was great. Coming off of COVID. I don't know if we want to. We roll have with that.
2: to, right now, some of our best players right now, the, the, the players that are healthy and the best ones are our center backs. So you have to yeah. play with what you've got. Back three because that's right now who we've got that's fit that's who we've got that's not hurt or sick, and they're strong. Let them work. We we have we have two ball playing center backs, guys. We have two. Mark Markovic is a godsend. Have you guys been watching Ted Lasso? We have two aces. It's fantastic. (laughs) You have to, you have to do that. Yes, CC, yes. I, where, where is? I just saw it. Where is the say The say comment. Yes, Zafiro, Cisse left back. That is the meta. Let's do it again. Let's do, just do it. Just do it. You know what? It worked once. Let's see if it happens. Right. Yeah. He's a huge player. Man. It, it, Boom.
0: It's with the Henry news. Like I literally, you guys know I troll the newspapers. Like there's been no news about healthy players. Who's knocked up? On Duruzo's plane. Exactly. like. There's been nothing in the newspapers. Like, it's very not clear. I'm sure tomorrow we're going to have a press conference as well. And Pedro yep. will do that thing where he did in the one press conference where he's like, blank is not available, blank is not available, blah, blah, blah. So that will be very interesting. Jan and Via may be available. We'll see. Maybe. Uh, but Kunde Kamara, maybe. And then like up it. top, you have to start Al Arabi. Hassan cannot no start Hassan. T- Tuesday no, night. I can't do it. There's anything. no way. Yeah, And it. You cannot start Ranjelovic at all in under any circumstances, well. So, Valboyna oh. Masuras, I would assume, is the. What
1: do you guys yeah. think the odds are that Henry plays? Probably doesn't start, but do you think he's going to be able to Second get Second leg,
0: maybe. First time? leg, there's no way. They've run no, him they out can't. in two I, days.
1: I, they
2: can't they even can. put him on the European list.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going to register him. That's why they're rushing it tonight. Oh, the signing's gone official tonight. They're announcing it. I'm assuming tomorrow, but like did they they're leave adding space him based on list. the
2: European list for him.
0: Indeed, they did. Oh, how about so that, that's the, why
2: Chubich wasn't on there, and he's probably getting that loan because of uh, that. That I'm not going to get into that. That bothers me a little bit. Yeah, Chubich. It'll be
0: interesting. Chubich play all year in Greece, though. Atromitos is like a decent team. Like, didn't they sign clonaridis too? Like, that's decent wing play. clonaridis and Chubich on the wings.
2: Mm-hmm. It's not terrible. No, not not at all. Uh, I mm-hmm. think we're gonna get that that lovely start again from our young goalkeeper, Jolaki. He's gonna be the hero. Really? You think so? Maybe they No, go with I, the I don't think so. I was just like, doing it because I know I know you
0: like Kristen better. Yeah, just Lacky's distribution is so shit. Like it, it scares me sometimes. But his shot stopping being at his top. Like he played it's great. It's the confidence. And he, and he emits scared. confidence as well, though, but yeah. like not with the ball at his feet, but like He's, he seems vocal and he seems decent, like, yeah. but just, yeah.
1: Well, Good experience, guys, if anything. we are uh, going to wrap up the podcast for today. It's been a bit over an hour, so thank you very, very much for sticking with us and watching, especially if you've made it this far. Thanks to everyone who jumped on the live and gave us some nice comments. We really appreciate it and love to see it. We hope you'll be back next time. We'll be coming in doing a pod after the game. And uh, yeah, 100 episodes, people. Um, we're, we're coming up on our one-year anniversary of the podcast as well, which is really exciting. Um, so we're going to just continue pushing stuff out. And we hope to have you along for the ride. Make sure to leave a like, comment, subscribe. If you're watching on YouTube, follow us on Hold our on, Instagram, Peter. Twitter, whatever you want to do, at Gate7INTL, for some good tweets and updates on the team. We do a lot of activity over there and we love to interact with people as well. So if you leave a comment or send us a DM, we'll be sure to reply. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're very excited for football to start ramping up here. Um, it's going to be a, a couple of really exciting games against Ludogorets. the transfer window is hot and we we'll, we are sure that we'll have a lot of exciting stuff to tell you about in the coming weeks. So, uh, Thank you so much again for listening. Have a great rest of your week. And nombro has got one more thing for us. I have
0: one thing. I'm sorry to cut off. Everyone, go like, subscribe, everything, as Peter said. And there's going to be more talk about this guy. Welcome, Henry, my young king, ready to lead us to glory. We're all behind you now, big fella. He's ready to go. And don't forget, everyone, we'll be back, as always, Tuesday night after the game. I think it's at 10 p.m. kickoff Greek time, I want to say. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, 3 o'clock Eastern, noon West Coast, U.S., 9
1: o'clock Central European time. And that's it. That's all I got. All right. Bye-bye, everyone. Enjoy the game. We'll see you afterwards.
3: You just listened to an episode of the Gate 7 International Podcast, a podcast connecting Olympiakos fans from Brussels to Tokyo, from Toronto to Geneva. We are four Olibiagos fans from every corner of the world, bringing you news and interviews of the team you love in English. With new episodes twice a week, you'll never miss out on the latest updates and stories of the team you love. If you liked what you heard, make sure to follow us on social media at Gate7intl, Give us a subscribe on YouTube or even leave a review on all our podcast channels. Until next time, this is our team, our city and our story. Thrilos ise, s'to mialo kati